are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. Take a breath. Yeah, trade went down between the Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies. That's what this episode is about. I'm releasing it early on YouTube and on the podcast so you can all get the immediate reaction to this. With that said, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. No one else comes to you like this and kind of breaking real time when these things go down. So make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. Support the show for a place that gives you just... Good, solid reaction to things and insight into what's going on with the Pelicans, making sense of all of the moves out there. And doesn't just kind of make up sourced reports for clicks and likes and all of that, like trading Brandon Ingram to the Miami Heat. Um, but we'll probably touch on that tomorrow. So anyway, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget about our live draft show Thursday. The NBA draft goat Chad Ford, locked on NBA draft host Raphael Barlow, and locked on NBA host John Corrales are going to be live this year covering the NBA draft in studio. It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. I'll probably be on there after the 17th pick now, not the 10th pick. So follow the Locked On NBA YouTube page today to watch our live coverage beginning at 6 p.m. Central on July 29th. So the trade, Woj broke it, the first kind of domino to fall in the lead up to the draft and free agency going out to the Memphis Grizzlies, picks 10 and 40 in this year's draft and a future Lakers first 2022, which is now top 10 protected. So if it lands in the top 10, Pelicans keep it. If it doesn't, it goes to the Memphis Grizzlies. But most importantly, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. We had heard framework about this deal potentially being 10 and Bledsoe going to the Memphis Grizzlies. We talked about it in yesterday's show. It's 10 and Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams. Coming to New Orleans, though, is a couple of unexpected pieces. 17, which we kind of expected. 51 in the second round, so they swapped some picks there. No big deal. And then... Most intriguingly, kind of, is Jonas Valanciunas coming to New Orleans. We'll get into him and his fit in New Orleans in the third segment because I actually like him as a player a lot, and I do think New Orleans is getting the best player in this trade. We're going to save that for the third segment because this trade isn't really about players or picks. It's about creating cap space for New Orleans. And with this deal, the Pelicans can potentially create up to $36 million in cap space to spend in free agency using the trade market in a variety of ways. That's going to come up next in the second segment. What might they be looking to do? Because you don't make a trade like this unless you have a specific goal in mind. We're going to look at the names and the players and kind of all that goes into this coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans, but we still want to focus on the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of the trade here. So the Pelicans did give up assets in this deal to undo mistakes from last year. David Griffin had some big mistakes and some big whiffs. Uh, whiffs. Stan Van Gundy, gone less than a year. Trading for Steven Adams and giving him an extension, undone, traded from here. Eric Bledsoe, which I, I don't really fault him on because who saw that coming with how bad he was, but that's fixed, gone. Moving on from all of those. You still made the mistakes, but it's nice to see him not doubling down on this and undoing the mistakes that he did. And while I'm not thrilled about giving up assets to undo mistakes you did, 
you got to kind of live in the present. So from the exact moment that I'm talking to you right now going forward, I like this trade a lot for New Orleans. In the grand scheme of things, it's part of an at times up and down tenure for David Griffin. But the, the assets they gave up, which is essentially trading down seven spots from 10 to 17 and that future Lakers first, it's not that bad. There's going to be similar value and quality at 17 that there was going to be at 10. And look, I like uh, Corey Kispert a lot, a couple other guys a lot. You can probably get him at 17 compared to 10. A guy like Cam Thomas, if you're an LSU fan, is going to be available at 17 that I think fits a need for New Orleans, but not someone you would have taken at 10. But at 17, you can kind of justify that a little bit more. If Kispert's there, that's a no-brainer pick too. There might be other guys, Trey Murphy the third out of Virginia. We'll go into more picks tomorrow and, and um, Thursday as well of what the Pelicans might do at 17. But I don't think the drop from 10 to 17 is that bad. You'd still rather be at 10, but it's not the end of the world to move back. And then same for the Lakers pick. That future Lakers pick is going to be in the mid to late 20s. Yeah, it's a first round pick. It's valuable. Don't get me wrong. But it's not an insanely valuable first round pick. As far as first round picks go, it's not the most valuable out of all of them or even that valuable. But first round picks do have higher value than a lot of other assets do in the NBA. So from that perspective, yes, Pelicans lose a little bit. But all things considered to move off of Eric Bledsoe's contract, which is 18 point something million next year and then four or five million guaranteed the year after that. And then Steven Adams, who's you know essentially making $18 million the next two years. All things considered, dropping seven spots and only losing a future Lakers first, not that bad. And I liked, so I like this deal. And look, I get why Memphis did this too. They're taking on a lot of non-shooters and a lot of salary, but they clearly have someone they want at 10 and they're going out and getting that player. Probably Josh Giddy out of Australia. He's been... Um, or New Zealand, sorry, he's been very good for, or they've been very good at drafting and they're a small market that isn't going to get big names in free agency and they've hit on a lot of draft picks they've had. If you're them, this looks great. You get a future first that you can probably turn into a role player next season and you're going to get the guy that you kind of covet right now going into this NBA draft. Though on the surface, it does make them maybe a little bit weaker in the meantime. But overall, this is kind of a win-win from today, right? Let's not, we don't need to think too much about the old stuff that David Griffin is undoing. But from today going forward, there's kind of a win-win for both teams. And I like this trade for, for both sides. It also, though, is going to matter and how we judge this trade, what the Pelicans do next with the cap space. Because you don't just make this move to, to just say, cool, we don't have to pay those guys. I'm not going to be thrilled about saving Gail Benson money if that's the case. You do this with someone in mind or multiple moves in mind, or at least have the flexibility to make significant changes. And that's what we're expecting the Pelicans to do this offseason now. So coming up in the next segment here on Locked On Pelicans, we're going to talk about the different directions that the Pelicans might go, some of the names, what might some of those contracts look like. All of it, because there's a whole lot to unpack from this trade that went down the first of many dominoes, not just for the Pelicans, but the rest of the NBA as a whole. So we'll get into that coming up next and then talk more about Valanciunas and what he brings to the team and why I like him as a player a whole lot, too. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by RockAuto.com. You can't have your car not running. It's too hot to walk or ride a bike everywhere. Public transportation can be very unreliable or maybe doesn't really exist where you live. Your car is so important, you've got to keep it running. So if you repair your car yourself to save a bunch of money by doing it, and it's easier than you think, I promise you, 
It's important to save money on the car parts. And look, if you go into one of those local big box chain stores, they're not going to have what you're looking for. And if they do, it's going to be overpriced and it may or may not fit your car. And you got to kind of be nervous about that. That's not a situation you want to be in. You've got access to computers with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And you can save time and money when using rockauto.com. Do not choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Place the air conditioning compressor on an old car of mine that I have. It was $260 cheaper on rockauto.com than it was anywhere else. I don't know how they're able to do it, but they are. Probably from just being a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. So whether you need brake parts, tail lamps, new carpet, just cheap things like motor oil, windshield washer fluid, coolant from your car, get it all at rockauto.com where it's going to be pretty much cheaper than anywhere else. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. I use them for all three of the cars that I maintain here. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right continuing to talk about the not i don't want to call it a blockbuster trade but fairly significant trade that the pelicans made with the memphis grizzlies again the reminder here out from new orleans picks 10 40 and a future lakers first as well as eric bledsoe and stephen adams incoming to new orleans picks 17 51 and Jonas valanciunas from the memphis grizzlies as i said before and if you watch the quick little locked on now that's on twitter the reason the pelicans made this move is not about the picks it's not even really that much about the players. It's about clearing cap space and having the flexibility to remake this roster in one offseason to put a winner around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. And I say and Brandon Ingram because I'm not expecting he's going to be leaving the team despite what people on Twitter might be telling you. That's going to be in tomorrow's show. But what they do with this cap space is equally important. And on the surface of this, by clearing up to $36 million in cap space, the Pelicans look to be making a run at somebody. Probably, probably Kyle Lowry. That's kind of what this feels like, right? Now, that might be a bit of a smokescreen designed to kind of throw people off from what New Orleans is doing. But given that they're a smaller market, they're not a winning team. If they want Kyle Lowry, they're going to need to pay probably 30 plus million dollars per season to be able to get that done. At the very least, like 27, right? But likely higher than that if they want to bring him here. They're going to have to overpay for a guy of his caliber, even at his more advanced age, even though he's like my age. So to bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry, you needed to make this move. And it kind of telegraphs that they have just about enough to, you know, give Kyle Lowry kind of exactly what he would want. They have room to overpay him to make sure they get him from other teams. If all things are equal, he might go where the money is. And that could easily be here in New Orleans compared to some of the other destinations that he's been rumored for. But it doesn't just begin and end at Kyle Lowry. It give the, gives the Pelicans a lot of flexibility. You want to bring in two $18 million guys. You can do that. Duncan Robinson is a restricted free agent. You can go out and try and get him now. You're going to need to overpay him to pry him away from the Miami Heat. He's a restricted free agent. They could match. But maybe you throw just enough money that it makes them uncomfortable about it. They don't like it and they have to let him walk. Or another shooter like Tim Hardaway Jr. from the Dallas Mavericks. You have the money to be able to pay for a guy like that. But there's also a ton of other names. And as you hear me throw all these out there, it shows you how much flexibility in number of directions and options that the Pelicans have. 
Maybe you want to go after a guy like Larry Markkinen and bring him into New Orleans. Maybe a guy like Kelly Oubre or a shooting wing like Doug McDermott, who wouldn't be that expensive, but isn't going to be in that, I don't know, 14 to $18 million range. You could even go after a guy like Evan Fournier if the Celtics don't bring him back. But it's not just free agents that you can really try and move for. You're also going to be able to be active on the trade market. We've heard that the Utah Jazz maybe need to shed some salary to kind of alleviate the luxury tax concerns that they're dealing with. Okay, can you potentially get a guy like Joe Ingles from the Utah Jazz, take advantage of their salary situation by just absorbing him in or giving up a future protected first or some second round picks, something like that? Potentially, what about Boyan Bogdanovich, a guy who can be a really good scorer from the Utah Jazz, who maybe is a little bit expendable because they want to try and re-sign a guy um, like, as I blank on, on names here and everything, the point guard that they have, but you guys get what I'm saying. They're in a situation they need to try and Mike Conley, there we go. So maybe you can get a guy like Bogdanovich and bring him into New Orleans who can shoot the ball incredibly well. He's a career 39% shooter from three. He averaged 17 points per game last season on a team with one of the with the best record in the NBA. His money next year is 18.7 million and then 19.5. If you just bring him in, you still have some money to spend. 15 plus million dollars still to spend in free agency. So not only do you add Valanciunas as a starter, you bring in Bogdanovich, you can add someone else. It's three. You can see it on my fingers here. Three new guys that they could be adding that are significant pieces to building around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So you hear probably some excitement in my voice. I like having all of these options. I think Kyle Lowry could be great. I'm nervous about giving someone his age that kind of money and kind of blowing it all in one spot. But they have so many different directions that they can go to add some depth, which we've seen is super important in the NBA and I've done shows about this, comparing this Pelicans team to how they can be remade like the Atlanta Hawks. This is stuff that puts you on that kind of trajectory, like the Bucks, like the, if you go the Kyle Lowry route, the Phoenix Suns. We have shows on all three of those teams and how the Pelicans can kind of achieve it. It started with moving off some of the money from Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, and now the Pelicans have done that. They're in a really good position to be a completely different team next season under the new leadership of Willie Green, who, by the way, is being announced today. So we've got to talk about his press conference, too. It's never ending with this team. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about this week. So you see they have a number of different directions they can go. They can even create a, a traded player exception just to absorb someone in. One thing to note when it comes to this deal with all of that and all of the moving pieces this will likely not be officially finalized until at least at the earliest, at the earliest, August 6th. It might take some time to kind of figure out the free agency of Lonzo Ball because to clear that $36 million in cap space, they need to renounce his rights. They might not want to do that right away. So this deal might not get finalized till deeper into August, but it'll be the Pelicans picking 10th in the draft on Thursday, but really they're picking for the Memphis Grizzlies, same when it comes to the 17th pick, and then the other second round picks, and so on and so forth with that. So that's just kind of some of the technicality part when it comes to it. But there's going to be a lot of more moving parts with this. It sounds like Eric Bledsoe is not going to be playing a minute for the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting offseason for New Orleans. It already was going to be, but now you really start to see it kind of clarify in the options. It's like the multiverse here, right? 
Who knows who's going to come out on top and which timeline is going to end up prevailing. But we're going to find out because the Pelicans clearly have someone in mind with this or a couple of different moves in mind. And they're going to be really aggressive when it comes to free agency, the trade market. And it basically started today. So coming up, let's talk about Jonas Valanciunas. I like him. The Pelicans got the best player in the trade. Let's talk about how he fits here because while he's a bit of a um, forgotten player in this because the picks are more important all of that I think he's going to be a starter for New Orleans potentially next year we'll talk about that coming up here next in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans but before we get to that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag betonline the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action baseball season is in full swings like the main sport going on right now plus the Olympics and if you want to make those more interesting you can track all of the action over at betonline.ag plus if you just need one stop shop for any news out there it's a great place to go you can see all the odds latest news they have fun contest to build your bankroll up even more you're a smart sports person go make some money off of that knowledge you have you don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore make all of the games the draft free agency all of that a whole lot more interesting over at betonline.ag so head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on it's free money right there it's already like you've won a bet take advantage of this over at betonline.ag using promo code locked on betonline your online sportsbook experts All right, big trade in the NBA. Again, I'll recap it one more time here for you in the third segment of today's show. Out picks 10, 40, and a future Lakers first. Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams into New Orleans come 17 from the Memphis Grizzlies, 51, and Jonas Valanciunas. While this trade was more about the flexibility that the Pelicans created, Valanciunas isn't just like a throw-in, right? To some degree, he's Lanyap in this, but that's pretty damn good Lanyap, I think. He is a better fit and probably the best player in this trade and a better fit than Steven Adams was on the court next to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram last year. The paint was clogged and Adams is a non-shooter despite the videos we've seen from his workouts this offseason. But Valanciunas has some range. He's not a court spacing big. I've seen people throw that out there. He's not. He's not at all. This is a guy who for his career takes some threes, right? The past two years, really, three years, is when he's kind of started to do this more or less, four years. In the past four seasons, he's averaging basically about 1.2 threes per game. It's not two threes per game. It's not three, four, five like you'd like him to be there to really be kind of a deep threat. But he's a guy that can shoot and knock down threes. There's something to be said for that. He shot last year 37% from three, uh, 36.8%. It's not bad. I'll take it. For a center in limited volume, I don't know if teams really, really respect it, but at least that's there. And we've seen centers like Brooke Lopez with the Milwaukee Bucks take a leap up in terms of their three-point shooting, just going from basically it not really being there to, to volume and hitting them at a decent clip. If he can do that here in New Orleans, that's a big boon for this team and a guy that can start and space the court. He's also a tremendous rebounder. 12 and a half boards last year. Steven Adams was good too, but some of the other options, Miles Turner, that we've discussed, aren't really those rebounders out there. Well, this guy definitely is. He doesn't mind doing a lot of that dirty work down low. He's not an elite rim protector, but he can give you enough there. But it's just like a good, solid basketball player. And when you look at it, his deal ends one year earlier than Steven Adams does. He's going to be an expiring. He's extension eligible. We've seen Griff maybe likes to kind of do those extensions for players to not have to deal with free agency with them the next year. So it's something to kind of keep an eye on. But at $14 million this year expiring, 
It's not bad. And if you needed to trade him, he probably has more value around the league, particularly being expiring, expiring contract and a useful player. I think that's pretty good. He's also He also led the league last year in second chance points, and he's burned the pals a couple of times. One of those dudes that like you hate to play against. But the biggest thing is he he's a lights out scorer and shooter at the very least, not, you know, at a high level, but he's really good inside the paint when it comes to trying to score. His field goal percentage by distance within three feet of the basket, so basically in the restricted area for his career, 66.6%, the number of the beast right there, that's kind of cool, very metal from, from Jonas here. Um, for his career, 66.7%. Uh, sorry, no, that's not correct. That's just with uh, the past couple of seasons. For his, for his career, where is the number? 67.8%. He shot 69% at the rim basically last season. Last year from 3 to 10 feet, 53.6%. So that's kind of like floater territory, right? Where you, if you want to contest that, you actually need to step a foot outside of the paint to try and get a hand up and contest the floater, particularly for a guy of his size. It's not bad. From 10 to 16, which he doesn't take a ton of shots of, 51%. That's still pretty good there too. And then those long mid-rangers, which he only does about 2% of the time or so, still 57 56% from there. He's a good shooter. He's got a lot more in his bag than just scoring at the rim. And then, of course, from three, he shot 37% last season. It's a useful player to have. You know, he doesn't need to play big minutes. I think you'll really start to see a guy like Jackson Hayes earn more minutes as the season goes on and be an integral part of the rotation. But as a starter for next year, Valanciunas is pretty good. That's part of the reason why I like this trade. He's kind of a throw-in to make some of the salaries work, but it's a good throw-in, and I think the Pelicans, on the surface at least, get the best player in the trade. While clearing cap space... Yeah, I dig this move from David Griffin, even if it's undoing some of the mistakes he's done in the past. I love this kind of all around for what New Orleans is capable of doing, how interesting it makes the offseason, and the chance to really remake the roster kind of overnight. Griff gets a lot of credit in my book on this one, despite, again, the fact that he's undoing mistakes that he himself made. You can only do, you know, trades with what you have on the roster. You can't think too much about the past. This one's definitely a win for New Orleans. I also actually think it's a win for the Memphis Grizzlies too. One of those kind of rare win-wins here. So this makes the Pelicans offseason a whole lot more interesting. What are they going to do with the 17th pick? What are they going to do in free agency? And oh yeah, there's a new head coach that's going to be announced today. So we'll be covering all of that and more. It's going to be a very busy week here on Locked on Pelicans. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you appreciate insightful I don't know, Pels talk, basketball talk, and don't want people just making up trade rumors for clicks and views and listens and followers. Leave a five-star review with a comment. It helps. It helps kind of keep this free five days a week for you all and kind of put some of that other crap to the side because that's what it is. If you value this, please share the show, tell your friends, leave a five-star review and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. A whole lot to talk with you all about more tomorrow and the rest of the week. So subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts.